This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. Hello and welcome to the gray area where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the 13th podcast in a weekly series titled I Do or Not. Last week's episode was a conversation with the Guild Legacy about making guilds and relationships that last. Please visit www.genesee.com, the gray area homepage, and add to the forum discussion on this topic and to tell me your story. Today is Sunday, April 17th, and this week we speak with our surprise guest, Wemmick. Welcome to the show. Um, thank you so much for stepping in at the last minute to talk. My mystery guest for this week uh, came down with laryngitis, and so she was not able to make it this week. So uh, Wemmick graciously agreed to step in and save my bacon. So thank, thank you. you for, thank you for having me on tonight, Genesee. Okay, let's start with the news of the week. Um, news of the week, Portal 2 and Mortal Kombat are due to come out April 19th, and the patch for World of Warcraft 4.1 at the end of April being projected to release, and that would be the uh, Zul'Garub kind of big release for some of the new uh, bosses in there and some of the chance to get the mounts again, and also for the purchasable mount, which I've heard some people saying they weren't going to pay $20 for, but... It's pretty epic to me. I think it's about 25. Is it? Some, yeah, some people were saying, you know, if it's 10 or mixed with a charity, then maybe, but... Um, I forget how much the Celestial Steed was. Do you know? That was 20 to 25, I believe, as well. I think 25. Okay, so similar in price then, because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if you had a choice between the Celestial Steed and this purchasable mount, I think you would definitely not go with the Steed, because yeah. this is so- way cooler. Also, a lot of people are complaining um, that you know, for twenty-five dollars, they should get the option to do some uh, cosmetic changes to the mount mm. because it's on the day of release, suddenly you're going to you know show up in Iron Forge or uh, Orgrimmar, and suddenly everyone's going to have this new mount. There's no real way to differentiate yourself, just like with the Sparkle Ponies. So some people, I think it was. Uh, uh, the Terpster on one episode of The Instance uh, was saying, you know, hey, even if you could just change some of the armor plating looking bits on this to green instead of blue, you know, he, he'd probably consider buying that. I'd be looking for a little bit more um, cosmetic changes for that price, but definitely they've moved well beyond the basic um, retexture a horse into the Sparkle Pony, and they've, they've got something pretty special coming out with this new mount. Well, if you have the option, which they have been discussing for quite some time, I believe is in the works to be processed right now, if you have the option to have Warlock pets being, uh, the gender being changed and specializations for uh, that sort of thing, then then I'm sure that they have the technology to do that for for a mount as well. So it would be nice if they did. That, w- that would be something to consider. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's on their works. Just how many database entry points do they have somewhere i guess hmm 
This is why they're not uh, increasing bag space a whole ton because they've got to shift a whole bunch of data points. We were talking a little bit earlier, but maybe you could refresh me again. Uh, Portal 2 may actually be out already because there is an option that the company is offering where if you buy a certain pack of games, I believe that they will push forward the release date uh, from the 19th. It may already been out today. Do you have any information about that, Wemick? You were telling me about that earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, on Steam, there's a developer, indie developer pack called the Potato Sack. And this collection of at least five, there, I believe there's more games um, for sale. And as more people buy that, the package, uh, the countdown towards release increments faster. So once okay. they get a certain number of, as they quote, CPUs um, in terms of helping to reboot GLaDOS, who is the boss of uh, Portal 1, um, they'll uh, hopefully get her going sooner and then get Portal 2 into everyone else's hands. That's the Aperture robot? That's her name? Yes. Gladys? Yes. Gladys? That's awesome. Uh, G-L-A-D-0-S. GLaDOS. Okay. Nice. Um, I have uh, heard that the reward for buying the Portal Sack game uh, group, if you want to say, is I believe you get a Potato Sack. I'm sorry, Portal Sack? Yeah. Potato Sack group is you do get a Potato Sack hat if you play Team Fortress 2. So you can run around with your ultra styling Potato Sack hat. And the neat part is with uh, Valve as a company, they've been using their Team Fortress 2 franchise uh, to benefit uh, charities recently. Uh, there was the tsunami and earthquake uh, charity in Japan where people could donate some money and get a unique hat for uh, their Team Fortress 2 tune. A couple bucks would get you maybe a bandana, but somebody introduced a... Uh, super, super beautiful, full, ornate Japanese emperor helm, and I think they donated somewhere along the line of $1,500 in order to get it, but it, it's absolutely beautiful. But oh, the nice. fact that Valve is willing to uh, put that sort of time and effort into not only giving um, people something for their money, but at the same time, committing those resources to putting something um, out there that will be a functioning and valid uh, charity benefit instead of, you know, hey, I've only collected $3 from <laughs> the nickel jar down the street. You know, they can do a pretty good sizable donation. Nice. Well, that benefits everyone, so that's pretty neat. Also, uh, in other news of gaming, Fable 3 has finally, finally set a release date for the PC. So that will be out May 17th, and you know I'm looking forward to that because I love the Fable series. And being kind of a, a preferenced PC player myself, I feel have been pretty gimped by the, the latest Fable. It's been uh, quite a long time since they've released anything other than for the PS3 or the Xbox, and now it's finally coming to the PC, so excited to play that. Yeah, you know, you have to go in and find all the hidden achievements and do all the demon head achievements. That should be a, a fun time. Well, now that everyone else has played it through, um, there'll be plenty of walkthroughs if I should get stuck, so that's a good benefit. Par Apparently the Fable series have been putting out some really excellent uh, expansion packs or downloadable content packs over the uh, 
span of time since you played Fable 1. Okay, excellent. I wonder if they'll all be available when they release this finally and then have it all together so we can just kind of grab it, all the DLCs together and the original as well. This should no release like a combo pack. That'd be nice. Well, when when Fallout uh, started to change um, from just being the PC but starting to release on the PS3 and so forth, eventually they started doing Game of the Year editions that would have all the DLC packs. So that's becoming more and more common where um, if something has been an, uh, an exclusive, like an Xbox exclusive or a PSV exclusive or PC exclusive, when they finally move to the other platforms um, after DLC has been released, they release a combo pack in this place instead of making everyone go in and get Individually download. Excellent. Good yeah. idea. Also, Magica Vietnam is uh, coming out April 18th, so that's tomorrow. be kind of exciting. Uh, I've just kind of new into the Magica. Uh, Dan Dragonitis is very excited about it, and I know he's all set to download and, and play that, and some of the jungle scenes are kind of neat, and um, you know, I think it'll be fun. So, I don't know a lot to tell you about that yet, because it's pretty new, but some of the uh, previews I've seen and some of the YouTube videos look kind of exciting Is that for that as well. So, if you're into Magicka, More. expansion pack, good to know. From what I've heard, that that uh, expansion pack begs for multiplayer because multiplayer, uh, as you mentioned before, you can cross the streams on your spells. Mm -hmm. So you can get these huge, just rolling thunder type um, events going down on your screen. Plus a lot of factor side if you're not paying attention <laughs> or you're purposely trying to kill your teammates. You can burn down the uh, endangered jungles. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, other new things, as you know, I have the iPad 2. <laughs> so excited. I love my iPad 2. <laughs> so, so much. Yes, we don't touch it. We wipe it. Mm. We wipe it with this uh, special cloth. Um, and some of the apps that I really like to use with that are one of the ones I've downloaded recently is called Words with Friends which is uh, similar to a Scrabble kind of game where you have some tiles at the bottom, I think it's six or seven uh, letters that you get, and you look at the board and there's certain certain tiles, like a triple word, double word, a, you know, triple letter and such, and you want to make sure that you try to get your vertical or horizontal word in that, and you, and, uh, and you play against your friends. And the thing with this is you can have many, many games going at once. And I know someone who has, I, I would say, like six plus games going at once. And uh, and one particular friend who has been on the show before um, has beat me five times in a row. Uh, I'm kind of ashamed to admit. And uh, we have two games going right now. I believe I might have beat him once or twice on some other games. But he is definitely like five up on me. And, and uh, I can't have it. So going to keep going with that. I, th I think you and I even have a uh, game that's been uh, delayed about three days now. Yes, that's the cool thing about these games as well, because they last for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you can go for just hours between moves, and and uh, it's kind of kind of a nice thing. I liked it at first, I was very obsessed with it, but as, uh, as I've played it now for the last few weeks, I'm beginning to kind of get annoyed a little bit. Um, I'm looking at my screen and I'm noticing I have four games going and it's been four hours between moves and I'm getting a little bit of pressure there. I might have to take like a hiatus from Words with Friends to recover some self-esteem. I think that could happen. <laughs> I don't think so. I think, you know, somebody will come in and you'll get a 
really good tile set and you'll get your triple letter your double word and you know the whatever it is that you're always trying to strive for in that game and you know you'll just nail the perfect word and then you'll be all uh excited and into it for another week or two and then a lull and <laughs> it could happen we'll see um i've played a game that was recommended on another podcast i was listening to called Le Blob, which is very interesting i have Le Blob light because i'm cheap and i won't pay for a game right now uh the concept is you're sort of a little blob and circular kind of figure and you you run around through the city running into paint buckets of various colors and you paint the buildings and you can kind of colorize your black and white world and while you're doing that you can kill a couple people by kind of leaping on them and squashing mm -hmm. them underneath you and uh th the thing that's kind of neat about this game is it's all uh tilt based so you hold the iPod and you tilt it around and as you move, move through the city you're tilting and you can make yourself larger to get through bigger spaces and smaller to get through smaller spaces. And, and I, I'm a little bit nervous about the tilting. I'm afraid I'm going to drop it. <laughs> but I do. It is exciting. It's kind of an exciting game. and I think it's good for ki kind of people of all ages. Kids would like it as well. You've played yeah. that, right? Yeah, I have. And uh, it's, it's, even though it's a pretty simple game, it really does show off uh, some of the nice parts about the iPad, just the ability for the graphics to be so smooth, for the speed of the screen refreshes, and also for the tilt mechanic that they have built into uh, the iPad 2. You turn, you know, you, you tilt the uh, iPad to the left a little bit, your blob moves a little. You completely turn the iPad over and your blob is going all over the place. It, it's finite and enough that uh, I could actually get my blob down a small corridor with minimal difficulty, and I was really impressed. Nice. Let's see. Uh, also, the gray area is on Twitter, and I'm loving the Twitter. It's been a while since I've been on, and I have some other podcasters that I've begun talking with and uh, starting to get some... You know, mutual shows planned and things like that. So I think we'll have some exciting guests in the next couple of weeks. Um, also, you can kind of, you know, oh, I'm breathing. Let's Twitter it. It could be a little bit addictive <laughs> as far as uh, how much you want to really follow the minutia of people's lives. But, but I'm kind of a, I like the real world aspect of things. And so the Twitter kind of, it appeals to me. I, I was enjoying last night, I was watching a, a Ustream of the GeekBits podcast, and they were having a uh, get-together at one of the uh, members' houses, and they were trying to play rock band together. <laughs> and I was howling with laughter because what was going on on the screen in real life, watching these guys, was more funny and fun than what I was doing in another browser window. Uh, trying to look up quest stuff for Riss. And they started to play an Oasis song, and I just absolutely lost it laughing. So the real-life camaraderie that I was seeing there and watching them bumble through a, uh, a couple rounds of that game was just phenomenal. Let me take a technical pause, as you can hear the cats in the background going, and it doesn't make for a really good podcast. Hang on. Great. Yeah, most people have, like, latency issues. We have, like, zoo issues. Oh. Geek bits. Th that's good stuff there. 
I like Geekbits. I definitely think uh, that's one of the people that I'm working to have on, and and hopefully I can be on maybe their show and did a little MST3K kind of action. I really like that. So, so yep, future future things are planning. So I know we've been having a little bit of technical difficulties here tonight, um, considering that you are in Seattle, Washington. So not really local to me, and uh, some of the Skype latency has been kind of a, a little bit of an is issue and some of the echoing things we're getting here, but I really appreciate you doing this with me. Uh, I know it was kind of extremely last minute, and you've been so helpful with the podcast in general. You're kind of my uh, unofficial producer in the sense that you don't actually produce it, but you're really great about networking and getting me a lot of um, interesting guests you know, helping connect me with some people that I'm talking to recently on Twitter and some other things. And uh, hopefully hopefully that will pan out to be people other than my circle of friends. Because I, I don't think... I think my circle of friends is a little bit afraid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they don't want to talk to me very much anymore because they're a little bit afraid they might get roped into a podcast. So They're, they're dreading the Monday morning mayhem of... Uh... Yes. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I need a last minute thing. Can you come here and do this? Can you test this out with me? Yeah, definitely. Um, but it looks like we have some uh, some different gaming companies and some other podcasters who are going to do some guest spots and things. So, so I'm very excited for the future of uh, of this. But anyway, I thank you for helping connect me with that and, and saving my relationships as we talk about relationships. Well, thank you very much. It's it's your project and your dream for this podcast, and I'm glad that you let me help out in little ways. And it's uh, been kind of fun to tap into that unknown networking potential that I've had. <laughs> Let's get ready for questions. Questions. You know how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to answer a few of our listener questions, and then you can feel free to add your two cents and help out at the end. Mixed Aeons asks, This is a weird question, so bear with me. Is it wrong for my sister to get married to an MMORPG player when she's already dating a guy in real life? She's into Ragnarok Online, and she's happily dating a guy for about six months. One day, we're all being nerdy and drinking sodas and cracking extremely intricate inside jokes when we notice she's having some kind of huge event on that game she always plays. We then learn that it's a wedding between her and another person in the game. Our immediate reaction was a healthy WTF. Is it a compromise to a person's relationship to roleplay a wedding in a game? Okay, well, uh, in the world of roleplay, this can be a little bit tricky. Uh, I'm kind of thinking of D&D games that we have had going and uh, how it kind of depends on how wrapped up you can get in the roleplay and how well you can keep yourself and your character kind of separate. Um, sometimes the uh, characters have totally different relationships than their avatars do with people, and that's that's when it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, I, there's been D&D games where certain avatars are in intimate relationships with each other, but the actual players of the avatar may not even like each other or may be in totally different relationships. So, uh, in this case, I think making sure that everybody's being uh, above board and open and honest about it, and as long as this this boyfriend is aware of the fact that she's role-playing and that she's having this happen in the game, it's kind of up to him to say how comfortable he is with that, I think. Um, 
and it's important to be honest about that and make sure everybody's involved because some people kind of have that well this is my gaming and this is my real life but this sort of crosses the line a little bit I think in the sense that um, you could really get some relationship issues with uh, you know with your dating if you kind of had this going on and the other person was really taking it seriously in the role play and maybe meant more to them than they did to you so you can kind of get it's a little bit of a gray area so what do you think Wemick? what's your take on that I agree that it's it's very much a gray area and it's wide open for communication uh, a group that is meeting once or twice a month for D&D it's face to face or maybe on vent or Skype uh, as our group has uh, been known to do in the past you can sort of see what the reactions to what you are doing are. Um, you know, you can tell if somebody is shocked. You can tell if somebody is um, hurt by what has just happened to their character, or you can see the you can see the dynamics of what these actions are taking. Whereas an MMO feeds the instant gratification side of us, where um, say this girl came home, she was extremely pissed off, just had a bad day at work, wanted someone to vent and blow off to, um, couldn't get her boyfriend on the phone at work to, you know, spend five minutes with her just to, you know, calm her down or just hear what was going on. So she gets on and talks to this person who may or may not even be, you know, a guy on World of Warcraft. And that's where you're going to start to get some of those uh, compromises and issues that can arise in a relationship if everything isn't kept, you know, above board and largely sterile in terms of one or the other can um, either the girlfriend or the boyfriend can pull the plug on the online relationship. So what you're saying, it sounds like what you're saying is it's a little bit different in a and d group because you're all... It's kind of happening in a group dynamic, not just uh, an intimate thing between two people that nobody else knows about, but everybody else right. is kind of surrounded. It's clearly a game. It's clearly something that you're doing for fun, and it's, it's a face-to-face -face as well. You know, it, it serves a story. Maybe just to do the course of things, you know, the ranger falls in love with the wizard, and that's, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all part of the story. And as you said, you know, sometimes those people, just the actual players, don't like each other that much. But you know, it, it can happen. But again, everybody can see what's going on. There's the face-to-face -face dynamic that, you know, a lot of people, myself included, really need for conversation versus just, you know, chat and text. Okay. I think for me that this is a... I think this would be kind of a deal-breaker if I didn't know about it. I think... Um, it depends what your relationships are, I guess, with MMORPGs or how you feel about chatting and how important that is to you. And I think because you and I had met on in a chat in an MMORPG and a lot of our relationship and friendship was kind of formed through that. Um, I mean, I think it was several years of just, you know, chatting through text in World of Warcraft when we mm -hmm. first met each other. That that kind of has meaning for me. And I think personally, I would be very hurt if if I found out that there was other, like, online relationships <laughs> that were happening, you know, that way, because mm -hmm. that's been very important, you know, to us. But uh, other people might feel differently. I mean, that that's definitely one of those 
Mm, yeah, I'm not well, quite sure. For, for, for each couple or each person, I guess, since, you know, we're not necessarily talking couple, but for, for each group, communication can be key or there's going to be some sort of key as, as far as you and I go, communication is key. Let's move on to this article that's been out a couple days. The New, York's, the New York Times published it, and the author is Jania Belafonte, and it's been causing quite a bit of stir in the geek ladies kind of uh, uh, area, and me personally, I'm pretty fired up about it. Uh, lately, there's been this book series that's come out called A Game of Thrones. I've read a, a couple of the books myself, I like the concept, um, some of the writing uh, doesn't appeal to me personally, and I, I kind of didn't follow the series past the first, I think, uh, past the second book, I believe I didn't get past that. Um, but that book series has been turned into an HBO um, show, and that show is actually set to come out tonight. So uh, for those who are going to listen to the podcast later, or those that... Uh, in chat room uh, hopefully you can check that out on HBO tonight it looks pretty good actually I think I'm gonna like the show a lot more than I did the book but anyway this article is is sort of a review of of that series the Game of Thrones and in this review uh, Jania kind of uh, gets a lot of women riled up some of the quotes that she says are in this sense, you get that all of this illicitness has been tossed in as a little something for the ladies, out of a justifiable fear, perhaps, that no woman alive would watch otherwise. And she says, While I do not doubt that there are women in the world who read books like Mr. Martin's, I can honestly say I've never met a single woman who has stood up in indignation at her book club and refused to read the latest from Laurie Moore unless everyone agreed to The Hobbit first. So, um, those are two quotes. Let's see what else we have. Um, Keeping track of the principles alone feels as though it requires the focused memory of someone who can play bridge at a Warren Buffett level of adeptness. In the sense, the series, which will span ten episodes, ought to come with a warning like, If you can't count cards, please return to reruns of Sex and the City. Game of Thrones is a boy fiction patronizingly turned out to reach the population's other half. So, uh, <laughs> I think that's rather inflammatory. Basically mm-hmm. saying that um, no woman uh, would actually read these books unless there was a lot of sex in there and nudity and, and some little uh, raciness just to kind of make it worthwhile to watch. And also that um, women kind of have book clubs, like the Oprah Book Club, and and <laughs> and read things like, I don't know... Um, what was the latest movie that Julia Roberts was in? Eat, Pray, Love. Like, if you're not reading Eat, Pray, Love, you know you're not a real woman, and you have to be part of a book club. Um, and then, if you are that sort of woman, you're not reading The Hobbit, or you're not playing an MMO, or you know you're not you're not really. I just think that's insulting to every geek woman, geeky kind of girl that that likes the sort of, you know, hey, we like. I don't know, renaissance-like stories, and they don't all have to be about, you know, beautiful elves to appeal to us, you know. I think that's ridiculous. The whole entire article is, is very insulting. It's kind of, it kind of stereotypes women in the sense that they're very narrow-minded and couldn't possibly have interest in this movie, other than the fact that the guy has some nakedness going on, and that we should all return to sex in the city. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your thought? 
people need to stop uh, insulting the female gamers and the the I don't know. I guess the 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 females that are willing to sit down next to um, their boyfriend or the boyfriend who's willing to sit down next to their girlfriend and delve into um, areas that you know are not classically viewed as being you know the realm of that particular sex. Although in the past 10, 20 years, that's been even less and less of a, a dividing line because that's all open. Still, even that, though, it's like, um, you know, the only reason a woman would play an MMO or play, you know, Left for Dead is because her boyfriend is already playing and she wants to be a sport. I mean, I no, think that just concept in itself I, is so wrong. I, I, I think I think in some ways that it is actually somewhat of a valid concept in terms of, you know, sort of a gateway to gaming. Oh, you know, I, I've never done that. Game. Dating I, the gateway how, drug. You know, how, how do I get into gaming? I've, I've never done this thing. You know, the last time I played a game was Pac-Man. You know, all, all, all this stuff. How, how, do, how do you get into it? Well, if you see, you know, your significant other has plopped down and is really excited to play, you know, in your case, Mortal Kombat or Portal 2, um, that excitement can genuinely rub off. That could bring the person into playing a game where it, it may even just be the two of them sitting next to each other playing the game or helping out or the multiplayer. But then that can then spread and maybe one of the people really finds they like the real-time strategy games. Maybe the, uh, the other one loves being the sniper they then can expand their game environment together and there is no real um, lines at that point you know it, it, it could be the, the the gory and the headshots go to the ladies whereas um, cooking mama may appear may appeal to you know a guy somewhere <laughs> I think it I think the point is acknowledging the fact that the lines these days are especially getting a lot lot uh, less distinct and I think that's a good thing you know I, I, I would so rather too. I'd rather enjoy something um, in a new way I love I love role-playing games I absolutely love and adore them yet uh, you Genesee have been the one that so far has played through the Dragon Ages you've done the two worlds those sorts of games that have the much deeper elements of RPG in them over more games in the past couple of years I haven't had a chance to really get into them but by you playing them and you talking to them I feel that I have been part of that experience for you and I am more eager to see what yet next appeals to you so uh, the Portal and the Mortal Kombat coming out that that is very interesting I'm now looking at those games as potential for um, something to at least watch or share or know that I'm going to be hearing about. And I look well, forward to that. I have to say, I never would have picked up uh, probably Fallout initially if it wasn't something I think that you had already owned and I had an opportunity to borrow or something like mm -hmm. that because that turned out to be a really great game and I really am looking forward to playing Fallout Las Vegas. And uh, I was a little bit baffled about how my character, who, spoiler, died at the end was going to continue the adventure but uh and, i understand know, it, it's completely different to the and, uh, and with DLC. that and with that series you you sort of i i've been playing it since fallout one but 
you're having your own history and dynamic with it now based off of stuff that I've talked about, but you have no preconceived notions at this point as to where or how things are going to turn out. And, you know, we can, at the end of the day, come to a completely different conclusion or consensus as to what happened or how we want something to happen. And I think that's, uh, that's really cool. Well, let's move on to my sponsor, MapHook, which I didn't have a, a lot of opportunity to talk about last week. Um, and <laughs> we had a lot of fun guesses on what MapHook would be, and hopefully the listeners had had, have had a chance to go to the site and, uh, and check that out a little bit. I've created a couple hooks for the gray area. Um, let me back up and kind of go over what this is. MapHook is a a website where there are maps that you can have either locally or um, in wherever you happen to be visiting you can create a little pin on your map they call it a hook and that hook you can give information about you know let's say you would like to go to the movies and you put a hook at the movie theater and you say hey I'm gonna go see um, Sucker Punch and I'm gonna go see the 945 show at Sucker Punch uh, of Sucker Punch and here's where I'm gonna be and it's kind of like a combination between all the social networking things that you might be using. Um, you can put a link to Wikipedia that will explain what Sucker Punch is and who's in it. Um, you know, if there's a website that has a map on it, you know, maybe you could give a directions to how to get to the movie theater from where you from where that person is. You can put photos of yourself in front of the movie theater. Um, you can put a whole bunch of different uh, information into that hook. And then, if you want to, later you can create stories. So you create kind of a series of multiple hooks, and uh, the person can follow your journey to, you know, let's say you go to Las Vegas, and you can have you know, hooks at every single casino that you visit, and all the shows you go to, and everything else. And you can, you know, label that your Las Vegas trip. So people can follow you um, and visit the Las Vegas trip that you've gone to, or they can do it real time as you're doing it. It's kind of neat. You can be, uh, you can have them be private to certain people that you just want to see, or you can have it to be public to everyone. And uh, so it's kind of a, a little a Facebook, Twitter, you know, photo montage of of everything you want to do, kind of all together in one in one website. So. And that's maphook.com. <laughs> uh, for does. instance, uh, this evening I have a hook that I created before coming on the podcast tonight mm. and it shows me as being just outside the uh, Seattle Tacoma Washington airport because I'm actually across the street from that and it's announced that um, I'm doing podcasting with you and it has announced because I said it linked it to my Twitter feed and to my Facebook account it'll announce my hook to those other parties so if i wanted to i could have a picture of me sitting here with my headphone on talking into my laptop and with you and i could post that picture and have a little story with that you could take a picture of you at your computer and you know we could merge stories on this but for right now mostly what i've been using it for is uh, to advertise when you have a podcast coming out the neat thing about maphook is it's a social media website, but how people have been using it varies from person to person. So there's probably a niche or something that will hook you onto map. <laughs> 
we're going to be launching a D&D campaign May 1st, the gray area of the D&D group that we've talked about before, the one that you are, I'm sure you're aware of since you're the GM, <laughs> uh, of the D&D group that, we, that we're in. And uh, so there'll be a gray area group, which you can join right now as created, and then there'll be a D&D gray area group, which you can also join and uh, see the story of our D&D campaigns. I'm actually planning to record uh, the campaigns that we do and and have links from that group to them so you can listen to us say, I just rolled a d18, do I make the, the check of agility? Or whatever else we're going to say, which will be more exciting, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, there will be prizes eventually and contests through the gray area that Mapbook will be sponsoring, and one way to get registered for that is to, to join the group, the gray area group which you can do. So, it's kind of exciting. Kind of excited about that. It, it's definitely going to be a, uh, a very social media um, campaign. Uh, we're going to do everything from some Twitter feeds to uh, we actually have some participants who are going to be joining us on Skype as we uh, go through the course of the campaign. We'll have uh, maybe a couple people jump in with characters. It, it'll be... A, definitely an interesting take on a around the table campaign yes so hopefully you will join us may 1st when i begin to post those hooks and this episode currently that uh, that you're hearing is going to be broadcast and probably will be by the time you hear it on Ustream. and we tried to record it live <laughs> for several hours of super fun mm. Um, in the past, I, I keep at the end of the podcast announcing that they're going to be on Ustream and people can join us in the, the chat room and how much I really would love to see that happen. And it just has not. Uh, I'm going to try to post on Ustream. If it doesn't work, I'm going to probably post them on YouTube so you could search for the gray area and find them on YouTube because, um, yeah, Ustream not working out so much for me. You, you always know that Ustream is turned on when there's a huge echo loop followed by the sounds of Banshee screaming in the uh, <laughs> room. I know. As you rip your headphones off and animals run fleeing for blocks. Yeah, well, uh, in honor of my frustration with Ustream and as a reward for those who probably have kept looking at the channel and find nothing every single week, I have a little um, parody for the Ustream lovers and all of us. So, here you go. Went online to set up my show. Oh, it's Ustream. They can't hear my other co microphones you know i don't have that kind of cash no not you stream i'm losing you chat won't go through i hate you you stream read the fact and the help center no it's you stream where the heck is pin p source one no it's you stream 
You know I got feedback and it hurts. The chat room is hating. Don't really need that audio. No, it's you stream, not using you. Patience is through. I hate you, you stream. I hate you, you stream. I missed the AV club, it's true. Oh, it's you stream. I'll have to go old school with you. Stick to Skype, not you stream. One way upload to YouTube. And how does this help with pre-recorded media? It does not. It's you stream. Do 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 Wait. Because you know it's you stream. Don't because you know it's you stream. I thought your song was uh, very good. I've been trying to get you to uh, sing for a while now, <laughs> and I think that you're. Uh... <laughs> Your lyrics are quite spot on. Oh, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but I have yes, to do something. Yes, but you, you got it off listeners. on your own. You got it off on your own, the whole idea. You wrote up the lyrics. You went and did it. So, yes, it's embarrassing, but you had motivation uh, within yourself to go and do it. So. Well, there, see. I have to amuse the listeners. You know, and the whip uh, on that one. And do something nice for them for their dedication of trying to find me when I keep lying about the fact that it's on Ustream. Someday, I promise. I'll, I'll be humming it in the shower probably tomorrow morning. <laughs> Excellent. Super. Lots Super. of feedback. Yeah, my ears hurt still. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so you can watch that on the gray area, which it says the gray area with Genesee. So that will be uh, that is my. Ustream ID, which you can also find at uh, genesee.com because all of the little cool IDs for Twitter and Ustream and, you know, the discussion area and all that are there because I, it's a lot to keep track of. So, you can see that. And, uh, yeah. So, anything else you'd like to add, Wemmick, Joy, mm. co-host that you've been today? Uh, not this evening. I'm just looking forward to... Uh... Sleep. Games yeah, are coming out and getting some playtime in. Okay. So thank you, Wemick, for being here. And also thank you to Matt Hook for sponsoring this episode. If any of the listeners have suggestions about future topics or ways to improve the show, visit the new Gray Area website where you can find out the date and time for Ustream, which eventually we will record on, I swear. And you can reach the discussion page, hear the podcast, and email me, which I would really love for you to do because um, I don't get a whole lot of email and uh, even if you don't have anything relevant to say and just want to email me you can do that or you can obviously follow us on Twitter 
Um, if you have any gray areas in your relationships and would like to submit a question, or maybe you need some advice and a new perspective, please email me at genesegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode. Also, a little extra information, um, I will be on a trip starting the 25th and so the podcast for the next week may be posted on a different day than Tuesday probably a little bit before that so you'll get your episode a little bit early and uh, I'll be back for regular broadcasting the week after so so don't be concerned if things don't come out just exactly the same as they did this week next week so I'll see you next week